Picture this, you're sitting with your friends, other moms who have gone through a divorce or are contemplating, who maybe didn't picture their lives co-parenting, but are there with you. You're sharing your stories, you're inspiring each other, validating and challenging each other through your shared experiences. You're belly laughing, tearing up, and enjoying your favorite cup of coffee all at the same time. You don't judge each other, you empower each other to continue on your journey to heal and to just be you, whatever that looks like. Welcome to Co-Parenting and Coffee. Welcome. Welcome. Episode, episode five. Are we going to say every episode? Like I don't know. I'm going to forget <laughs> at some point what episode we're on. We will eventually lose count, but... But so far we're good. under 10. I think we can handle under 10. Uh, we're, we're both feeling the holiday pinch here. Um, oh and I think God. this episode might come out. Oh, I think it's supposed to be, be out before the holidays. We'll see. We'll see if we pull it off, but I think we can do it. Yes. But, we are in the holiday pinch. We're really excited about today's show, but before we get to that, I think we're going to talk a little bit about, well, I guess we're going to talk about holiday pinch and the grow work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, yeah, Jill. What was our exactly. what was our assignment? So our grow work this week was to do something for ourselves, to spend some time really thinking about it and finding something and carving out a little piece of time, whatever that looks like, and doing something for ourselves. So I felt like when we like discussed this grow work that like I was kind of like a low key grow work, and I yeah. actually had the hardest time with this yeah um i didn't do my grow work you didn't do it and what i did think about a lot because i was feeling really terrible about not doing it of course is that the whole point of the grow work is not to add stress to your life yeah it's not supposed to be like something that you know is another thing to do on your to-do list or whatever and so i tried to and i did it 50 percent give myself some grace about it which like, uh, can make ourselves feel so guilty for mm-hmm. no reason so I'm glad I'm glad that you did that you know it's something that you can think to do another time I think I need to though because I think it's a little pathetic and and I don't think that I'm alone in this I had a hard time thinking of something to do for myself well because we're always doing for everyone else so what well, did you do hopefully well, you so- did I talked to a big game about journaling, um, which mm-hmm. I enjoy doing, but also have some, sometimes have some resistance to. So I didn't journal, mm-hmm. but I did take some, some time um, this past weekend. I was visiting family. Um, my family lives out of state. And so um, I went to visit them. My, my kids were with their dad. So it was just me. Mm-hmm. And I got some one-on-one time with my sister, which was really, really great. And then um, so also some one-on-one time with my mom. Um, I got to see some family, which was really nice. So, you know, there are different ways to fill your bucket and, you know, Oh yeah. sometimes, sometimes it, it, it shows up in another way. And for me, that was, that was what I did. I think that's great. I mean, I think being flexible about that is so important too. Like you can fill your bucket in a million different ways. And I guess that's something that we can pull insights from this week is that, you know, your plans don't always work, right? You get sick, kids get sick, whatever. You can, you know, either give yourself some grace or find other ways to that you maybe weren't expecting to get that need met. Yeah. I mean, you know, I could think of a million ways that, especially being a parent that 
you know, life can interfere with the best laid plans. So sometimes mm-hmm. you get you get what you need and not what you want in right. some cases. Um, in this case, that wasn't the case for me. It was me making choices. Um, but I'm happy with my choices. And you, maybe after the holidays, will have a minute, Jill, to to do. I'm done being sick. I've been saying that for two weeks. Yeah. But I try to just will myself to not be sick. I though. know you're very much mind over matter, which I, I'm not sure is working in this in this sense. <laughs> but I'll keep trying anyways every day I'm like that's it I'm done all right we have our coffee date tonight with Tracy Shorn she is a journalist who runs the popular advice site chumplady.com and author of leave a cheater gain a life the chump lady survival guide and we just love you, Tracy. We're so excited Aww, to have you. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I've been in the co-parenting trenches. You're doing important work. Yeah. Thank we you. I think so. And we're really excited to have you today because we think when you're going through your co-parenting journey, especially at the beginning, and especially dealing with infidelity or cheating, that mm-hmm. brings a whole different level to your co-parenting experience yeah and we wanted to have you on because we think you really give a strong snarky but awesome <laughs> opinion I, mean, snark. I, I am potty mouth is that the word you were looking for <laughs> but a no bullshit like yes way too yeah, it's hard it. it's hard work right and yeah you want to say all the naughty words but <laughs> it it is yeah when you're when you're dealing with with cheaters or fuckwits, it does. So you have betrayal on top of the really hard work of being a single parent. Right. And you don't have the stuff of goodwill and friends with exes and all the crap that is expected of people now. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to just parent. You have to be aspirational and friends and have matching pajamas and invite each other to Thanksgiving and all the messages out there, right? And And you're dealing with grief and trauma and traumatized kids and new arrangements. And yeah, infidelity layered on top of that is a hell of a shit sandwich. Yeah, it's hard. And do you think over time that it gets easier or just different? Everybody's situation is different. I think raising small children is harder than raising older children. I I have to say for myself, I don't don't have the experience of co-parenting with a, a fuckwit who was a cheater uh-huh. um just my, just my personal background i got married young and stupid and i was married for 10 years and i i got divorced um in my early 30s from my husband that my first husband because of untreated mental illness and he mm-hmm. he was a fuckwit um, who sued me pro se for the next 10 years while owing me thousands of dollars in back support and was not somebody that was really a great person to parent and and was not responsible it was very difficult it was now there's a term for this it's called litigation abuse i Mm -hmm. knew didn't learn that that was a thing until uh i was interviewing someone for the dc bar association for family law and she said litigation abuse and i was like oh my god i lived that for 10 years i didn't even know it was a thing i just thought it was just something i endured so 
I was a single mom. I went, I went through all that chaos and, and had to be the, the show up parent and the, the strong person. And I, I look back, I'm like, I'm not even quite sure how I got through it. My son turned out great. But I was briefly remarried to a man who was a cheater. And thank God I didn't breed with him. Because breeding with the first fuck was punishment enough. But, um, <laughs> but I know, you know, I know that people, um, the second one made me chump lady, you know, because yeah. all the advice out mm-hmm. there was reconcile and do everything. You don't want to be a two-time loser in my case. I mean, right. God forbid you're a single parent, you know, all the, all the messages. And so they started chump lady. And then I get a, a gazillion stories from people who have to co-parent with affair partners whose right. um, exes introduce the kids to multiple new boyfriends and girlfriends and you know or children make horrible discoveries uh, oh, of the parents gosh. double life i mean there's all sorts of awful things for 13 years i've been happily remarried to my husband uh, paul and uh, and he he bred with the fuckwit he he had the whole my kids go off and live with the affair partner um paying child support to you know to that arrangement yeah. So, so I understand the shit sandwich. I, I absolutely yeah. understand it. But to your point of how, how is it difficult when you, there's infidelity? Yeah, there's just so many different constellations of how it can all go wrong, right? right. I tell people, be the same parent. That's your job. Yeah. Your job is not the glamorous job. It's to show up, mm-hmm. make sure the book reports are written, do the unglamorous work, yeah. pay the orthodontist bill, you know, all the scut work, all the grunt work, it matters. It absolutely matters. And if I said anything to single parents, I said, you know, hang in there. You're doing important work. Yeah. It is a long arc to be yeah. a same parent. It's hard work. Even if you have the perfect Hallmark movie intact family, mm-hmm. there's no guarantees of how your kids turn out. All the doomsday shit that I was so worried about when my kid was four and I was going through divorce, he's uh 26 now he turned out to be a fine young man nice. uh you know he has a job he hasn't been indicted right good <laughs> um you know he's not a criminal he's, he's he's like okay he's an okay it all turned out okay yeah you know? but it's helpful to hear right that, that it's possible because if you're staring down should i should i leave should i should I stay for the kids? You know, that whole argument, which I think you do a, a really impeccable job of, of arguing <laughs> against in your book. It's helpful to see that the kids can can turn out okay. You know, and, and I think Jill and I would agree. My kids were a little older than, than Jill's daughter when um, my ex and I split up. And, you know, it's taken time, right? And, and effort and therapy, but um, the kids can be okay. Even if, you know, you feel like, you know, I, how can I do this to my kids? And it's really like, but are you the one really doing this? You didn't do it. Right. You didn't do it. You're, you're the same parent. I mean, in terms of stay for the children. That's the part of your book that I specifically have open right now, because I think people will need to hear this is the part where you say, I'm afraid my divorce will hurt my children. I mean, in any situation, but especially with a cheater, you're feeling like, oh my God, this is going to hurt my kids. Yeah. And you're sort of thinking, I'll give up myself because I don't want to hurt my kids. But in your book, you say, what are you giving them? Yeah, you're modeling dysfunction and you're not you're not helping children by modeling dysfunction. But the thing is, you're not don't wear the shame. You're not the person who drove your relationship and your intact family into a ditch. It's the cheater. And they're playing an insidious game with you. They're playing a game of chicken. They're going, well, she has all these sunk costs. 
I'm going to say she, you know, it can be men too, but okay. we'll, we're talking about moms here. She has all these sunk costs. She would never do anything to hurt the children. Right. Therefore, I can go around, fuck around and do whatever because she's captive to this arrangement. Right. She, it's a hostage situation. It's and don't, I'm just saying don't negotiate with the terrorists. Just mm -hmm. don't do it. And then a lot of times when you leave these people, they're like, how can you be the quitter? Right. How can you put our children through this terrible divorce? Yeah. You know, you, you're so selfish. You're so right. terrible. Yeah. And, you know, says the person who's cheating on you. Right. Just because they're blame shifting doesn't mean you have to accept that. Doesn't mean right. you have to internalize that. But what about with your kids? Because you may not want to, I mean, depending on their ages, you may not want to share with them that they're, you know, the other parent had an affair or is having a, many affairs or whatever. I, I'm, you know, talk to your lawyer, right? Everybody yeah. has a different opinion on this, but my yeah. personal feeling is that you should not gaslight children, even with the best of intentions. Ah. I say, don't editorialize. Yeah. Don't say dad's a slut or, you know, dad's right. sex workers or whatever you want to say. They don't need the gory details. Yeah. <laughs> but you can say, yeah, we got divorced because dad has a girlfriend. I mean, I had to explain it to my son when he was about nine years old. And I said, mm -hmm. when you get married, you promise to be each other's special person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know how it feels when someone lies to you or hurts you. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there was another person and that's not acceptable. So they mm -hmm. broke the, the rules of the relationship. And this is the painful consequence of that. Mm -hmm. And I think kids understand consequences and they understand if, if, this happens, then that happens. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a saner way to explain it to kids than to say something nebulous, like we fell out of love. Or, right. Because then they're gonna think, well, is mom or dad going to fall out of love with me? Right. Like, why mm -hmm. do you, why do families end? Why do they break up for something so fuzzy and impermeable versus if you explain, no, there are rules and then the rules are broken mm -hmm. and this is hurtful and then you teach them like you know you can say no you can have a boundary you can end things there are natural consequences to bad behavior terrible painful things happen when you break these bonds even though you have to explain it in an age-appropriate way it's the right. truth and i think it's better to lead with the truth and that people are like are you going to alienate them you're going to badmouth them mm -hmm. you have to be careful because they're parental alienation is a really frightening thing you know mm -hmm. and talk to your attorney yeah but i don't yeah. see how the truth is alienating a parent if you're not editorializing not even saying it i mean not that you wouldn't say it is a negative thing but that you're just saying the truth like yeah. you're not saying like mom or dad did a really bad thing and did this and are horrible and broke oh, up their family. Right. You're just saying right. exactly what very age appropriately happened. The other thing is cheaters often, unfortunately, this is a very common story. Mm. Children find out. Yeah. Children, yeah. children have heard things. People have told the children. They've been introduced mm -hmm. to fair partners. They've opened the laptop. They've seen things they shouldn't see. Oh, right. Don't gaslight your kids. You know, like yeah. they may be carrying the burden of a secret. Right. They, they may already have met the affair partner mm. and you're liberating them by dealing honestly and in the truth. And, mm. and they don't have to hurt you because they think you don't know this. Yeah. Unfortunately, that that's something a lot of children experience. They have to carry the secrets for the fuckwit parent. Yeah. And I'm telling you, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't let your kids carry that. 
grief and that pain. I'm and- curious in your experience, Tracy, there, I'm sure there are instances, and this is like my naive Nelly coming out, but like there are instances where the parent, you know, it is contrite about the fact that they, they messed up and in the marriage mm-hmm. it will still be over and, you know, sort of um, owns up to, to, to messing up, but yeah, it sounds, it sounds like maybe that's, that's the exception and not the rule. Would you, would, how if they're contrite, that? that's great. I mean, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not so cynical as to not want to accept an apology. I, sure. the thing is, sorry is a sorry does. I really mm-hmm. don't want to hear about how someone's sorry for cheating on me. If I'm mm-hmm. have, if I'm parenting with them, you can show me you're sorry by paying child support on time. You can, you can give me a fair and equitable divorce. That's sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Give me custodial time. That's sorry. Yeah. You can uh, treat me with respect. That's sorry. So kind of backing up a little bit, what inspired you to start the Trump lady? Well, because when I went through it, there, there wasn't anything like a Trump lady. There are all the resources out there. And this was back in 2006. Okay. When I had my D-Day from my second marriage, it was all, what did you do to make him cheat on you? And how are you going to improve yourself to win him back? Right. Everything was predicated on reconciliation. Mm-hmm. There was absolutely no place saying you're fine on the other side. You can, you know, have a sane, good life without a cheater. Right. Um, everything was predicated on uh, avoiding divorce. Right. And, and trust me, I didn't want a divorce. I didn't want a divorce really in either of my marriages. I, I now argue to people who are on the fence. I'm like, look, you can get divorced because you value marriage because you will not be treated with disrespect because you don't want to live in a sham you don't want to live a lie with someone who's living a double life Mm -hmm. you can divorce because you value marriage because you are a family-minded person right um you don't have to wear that shame Mm -hmm. so anyway i tried to change a victim blaming narrative I I was out of it. I I was happily remarried to my husband Mm -hmm. and um, he said, you should really write a book. And I, I, for whatever reason, thought that seemed like a big lift. So I wrote a blog, which is like writing a thousand books every day. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, yeah, so it it just, it caught fire and and I wrote a book and um, yeah, I've been working on changing the narrative ever since. Because a lot of people were hungry for a different message. A lot of people sure. didn't appreciate the victim blaming either and, and right. how hard it was all was. Part of the, the reason there's like a million flags in our book, I'm a nerd and I kind of marked up the whole thing. Um, <laughs> a lot of that, a lot of, a lot of what you said though, is very applicable to any kind of, of, you know, situation where you've decided to end a marriage. You know, I was not, um, I did not experience in, infidelity and so much of what you mm-hmm. said in your book resonated for, for, um, my situation too. And, and others that, that, you know, friends that I know who've had to walk away from, you know, a, a toxic relationship. So I, I appreciate where you're coming from and, um, that you needed to change that narrative. Yeah. It makes me mad. I mean, people, I, you know, can sometimes be like, oh, get over it. Oh my God, this happened to you so long ago. I don't write about myself. I'm not interested in my story. I really don't care about my ex. I don't, doesn't, right. it's not a personal diary. But what does continue to make me mad is that that victim blaming narrative is still out there. It's still mm-hmm. very much a part of the firmament. It's very much a part of the therapy narrative. I just took apart, 
a story in the Washington Post yesterday. I read it. Was, yeah, I read you? your, yeah. <laughs> it was a therapist who wrote it about whether or not you should disclose to your partner that you're having an affair. Everything is predicated on reconciliation still. Right. Well, will this help your chances of reconciliation or will it hurt them? Right. You know, I don't know. Did they get a bad pap smear? Like, are they gonna have cervical cancer as a result of you fucking around? Did you spend money on sex workers? Like, you know, these therapists, they never talk about the real shit that happens when you're cheating. Yeah. yeah. You know, did your kid open the laptop and find dad's naughty pictures with them? I mean, this is the real stuff that people deal with. And, mm-hmm. and we're off in the fairyland about you know, reconciliation. It still pisses me off. And that's why I still keep doing it. (laughs) Well, and it's, it's, I mean, important work, because I think when you have experienced that, and we, you know, run a support group through Jane does well, and we have a Facebook group and all that stuff. And you're really validating women or, or people's feelings about like, it's not okay. It's not okay that you did that to me. And it's not my fault. Like, yeah. And that's so important to hear because you, I think, especially can feel like, oh, you know, we didn't have enough sex or, you know, we were so busy with the kids and I didn't pay you enough attention. And maybe you were, you right. know, and maybe, maybe you suck. Maybe right. you believe in one world order conspiracies and have bad breath. I mean, maybe right. someone should divorce <laughs> you breathing. for a bunch. I, I write about this. There are ethical ways to leave someone. There are ethical ways to divorce Mm -hmm. and they don't involve a double life. They don't involve deceit and Mm -hmm. lying and risking your health Mm -hmm. by having sex with other people. Of all the decision trees, of all the things you could do, cheating is not, is not an answer to your relationship problems. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's not a couple's problem. It's not a couple's therapy problem. Mm -hmm. It's, you don't have to wear the shame of their terrible behavior. You didn't make, we don't drive people to abuse us. We don't do that. And I actually remember specifically when I saw you speak at the Jane does well thing um, that you had said that cheating is abuse. Yeah, it's abuse. Of course it's abuse. And I had never thought of it like that. And it was so like inspired because it is, it absolutely is. It is like a, total facade life that you're like leading this person on and yeah it's abuse I mean it's psychological abuse you can't cheat on someone without lying to them and gaslighting them and telling them their suspicions are they're crazy and it's all in their head Mm -hmm. um that's a that's you know coercive control that's abuse Mm -hmm. um there's the physical element of it there you're risking someone's health that is a real thing right they did not consent to have their health risked. They did not consent to, you know, the STD. It's, you know, if you're gonna screw around, you're taking those risks. It's quite another for someone to, when you're in a relationship or presume monogamy for someone else to take that risk for you and make a unilateral decision about your health and welfare. Mm-hmm. They're making unilateral uh, risks of your intact home life. Mm-hmm. They're stealing your reality. Right. There are decisions that you might not have made. You might not have shown up for them. You might not have made financial decisions if you'd known what they were doing right it's abuse on many levels and i really don't understand how the helping professions don't see it some of them are they're coming around but um you know there's still a lot of work to be done to change the narrative and and in the family court system too you know one thing we're getting back to kids 
I think you have to be, I'm not a lawyer, so it's not legal advice, but um, you have to be really careful when you're talking about this in the realm of family court. People don't yeah. want to hear about your broken heart. They don't want to hear about the affair partner. They don't want to hear about, you know, Schmoopy took your daughter bra shopping. They, they don't want, they see abuse. They see, it has to rise to such a level for the courts to oh, care. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You do not want to poison the perception of, of how you come across as being bitter. There's all mm -hmm. these the scorned mm -hmm. woman. There's all this shit out there. There are people going to devalue you. You have, when you are dealing that world, you have to be totally on point about what is in the best interest of your children. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to document, 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 document everything. In that sense, when you're dealing with infidelity, you can say it's not, you know, in my child's best interest to do whatever crazy thing schmoopy wants to do or mm -hmm. be introduced to new affair partners or whatever it always you have to turn it back to what for the kids yeah. and you have to like even though it's not fair mm -hmm. you can't bring that injustice into that world they don't right. care they don't they do care. care about I mean, diverted money right you know they right. care about how it impacts your kids schedule their welfare their health yeah they always look at it through that lens you know and have well, places sure. like Jane does well and your support group or my support group to vent and get it out and, you know, be there with other people who are eating the same shit sandwich because yeah. we get I, it. I think this, a story that I see a lot is when someone has cheated on you and then you're going through an awful divorce and they're fighting you. It's like, you've already hurt me. So that, that's the part that I'm like, how can mm -hmm. you be so cruel? Like this person yeah like hurt you and then they're also going to take half your house right. and your retirement or yeah. try for more in for, <laughs> yeah and for custody and it's like they don't it's a distorted view right because i don't think that a lot of, in a lot of cases they don't necessarily see it that way right they're they're seeing seeing you as the one walking away you're right. the wrong one and so you know they they come for you it's it's unreal to be a disordered person, whether you're a cheater or you're a toxic partner in some other way, you're abusive. Mm. Abuse comes from a place of entitlement. There's a bunch of assumptions about, you know, deference and respect, and it's good to be king and all the goodies are mine and you are there to serve me or whatever the message mm. that they've grown up believing that they, they deserve and you're not conforming to that, mm -hmm. then you will be punished, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. They, you are now their enemy. And I think the other thing that that's hard to deal with it is because you're a person who bonded, you have this deep connection. It's hard to unbond. It's hard to, to not think of this person as your friend. And they, they see you as an adversary. They see you as the obstacle to their happiness, right? They, that's why you have to put so much distance and you have to, you know, if you're in the midst of one of these high conflicts, have used parenting software, yeah, you know, there's the the Bill Eddy thing biffed, you know, about this, mm -hmm. all communications should be brief, informative, friendly and firm. Don't match drama with drama. Right. <laughs> you know, just it's hard not to do, though. I think when you're it's so hard not to do or like really pissed, which I think is part of the grief, right? Totally. Just, you have every right to be pissed. Intentionally, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every there's right that. to be pissed. Yeah. I'm not saying don't be pissed. Yeah. I'm saying share that with people who get it right yeah. your own safe space and yeah. you have to be my old ex-divorce lawyer called it 
the pretty pony. He's like, Tracy court is just a horse and pony show. And your job is to be yes. the prettiest pony. So right. be the pretty pony. Right. Like you have a different uh, face that you're putting forth to your ex. Right. Never let them see you sweat it. You know, yes. don't rise to their provocations. Mm-hmm. Always imagine that this is going in front of a judge because it might be, and also yeah. it'll drive them crazy. Right. Cause they right. live for the, triangulation and you're upset and they want to drink your tears like don't let them so i'm curious now what what do you tell people who've who've gotten past the separation and the divorce and now you know the thing is you know depending on how old the kids are you could be you know a couple of years to many many years decades even Mm co-parenting with this person so how does that work well hopefully (laughs) like it's not as raw right i mean you're you've got you can figure out how to i don't want to say coexist with them but like they're just irrelevant because your your new life fills in and your old life it eclipses your old life and pretty Mm -hmm. soon it's just your life right Mm -hmm. you just have a life and this person's not part of it Mm -hmm. and your relationship with your kids is not informed by the fuckwit it's just your relationship with your kid and if you're the show up parent and you get most of the time anyway this person is just uncle dad or aunt mom or whatever they're just not um they're not that relevant now with high occasions graduations weddings things like that mm-hmm. yeah there'll be the turd in the punch bowl and you have to navigate that <laughs> um it's absolutely the turd i am going through this right now i'm happy to share my struggles yes <laughs> we love turds in a punch we bowl. love a good case study yeah well yeah my son's father's definitely the turd in the punch bowl here's a turd example yeah. so <laughs> So he hadn't seen my or my son in three years, right? Um, wow. Doesn't call, doesn't, you know, Christmas, birthdays, you know, contributes $0, still owes child support, yeah. But he showed up at college move-in day. I, I had to take two days off of work and, um, you know, pack the car and do all the mom things and, you know, driving up to go to school. And we're at a restaurant and he gets a text from his dad saying that that he's coming for the whole parent convocation and, you know, all the, the fun Mm-hmm. parent stuff and I, I was just I, I was just livid it was a turn the bunch ball moment it was right. like I'm showing up you know take the victory lap yay yeah. me you know and I'm sure it was you know part was to just fuck me over and blow my mind or he's just that clueless or I don't know you know I, yeah. I can't I don't know the ways of fuckwits but I just turned to my son <laughs> and I'm like you know well, this is awkward, but you and your dad will figure it out. You can have the lunch and um, I will miss the tent and the convocation and I will unpack your stuff and then I will go drive home and mm-hmm. sob. But, you know, yeah, that's a turn the punch bowl. I just removed myself from the equation. I'm not going to do it. It's not fair. That's mm-hmm. my moment. I put this I got him through the college process. He's into school. Mm-hmm. I packed the underwear. I deserve the parent convocation, right. but I'm not doing it. I don't I don't. I'm not going to sit there with the turd in the punch bowl. Um, so how, how do you do it? It's one time I'm over it. It's a story now. Yeah. And, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Like other people just get to enjoy their children and they don't have this shit, but yeah, that's the punishment you bred with the fuckwit and there yeah. are pays dividends. It's a very common problem. I mean, whenever you feel yeah. like, Oh, this is terrible. Like lots of people have bred with fuckwits. Yeah. Lots of people understand this a lot. Yeah. A lot. Right. <laughs> it's a big, big yeah. world out there. Yes. And I think everyone sort of needs to navigate and deal with that the way that they're the most comfortable. Like, so my ex-husband and I got divorced when my daughter was seven months old and it was mm. horrifically painful for me. Horrifically. Not, I bet. not Such um, a 
yeah, not fun, right? Um, but we're now able to, like, when I have her birthday parties, he comes with his uh, wife and kids, and we're fine. It took a lot of work, and I recognize very much that it's not possible for everyone. Like, it's, so I'm not like, oh, we live this amazing life. We have matching pajamas, which we don't have matching pajamas, right? <laughs> we have some boundaries here, but... It, we're able to do that and I'm grateful for that but I recognize that that's not true for everyone yeah and, and how many years did that take it sounds like it took years years, years right yeah. years Incredible. years and to not therapy feel... and pain and yeah like, yeah it lot. took a lot and and I would say you know if this person is still if he were actively antagonizing you if you were doing Different. things to make yes. your life harder if he wasn't paying support, it wouldn't be happening unkind to your daughter right you still would be absolutely justified in your feelings of, of trauma and absolutely and not wanting to be around this person. Right. And that's the thing that makes me so angry about all those messages of, you know, friendly divorce. And there's all this, uh, these messages to shame people, right? Like, yes. why can't yeah. you get along with this person? Right. Why, why can't, you know, this aspirational divorce? So mm. like we put it aside for the children, right? You know, as if someone isn't doing the show up work, right? You know, and it's that, um, I don't know, that smug self-regard, that chastising people who are vulnerable, who are going through very difficult things as if they're not trying hard enough. Right. Mm -hmm. That makes me mad. Agreed. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of like the, the forgiveness trolls, you know, like you have to forgive them. You have to forgive them. They never asked for your forgiveness. And it's a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. um you know yeah there's just seems to be a lot of um we don't want to deal with the grief we don't want to be real about what divorce looks like Mm -hmm. we just want to see happy happy faces right and and i'm not saying you have to be you know eeyore around your kids i'm just saying (laughs) be be real and it's okay to have boundaries around the person who hurt you that's what i'm saying don't let them steal your joy have fun with your kids do your own traditions raise Mm -hmm. them with your values the way you want Mm-hmm. There's lots of joy there, yes. but it doesn't include a fuckwit. It doesn't have to include that other person who hurt you. Yeah, for sure. So if if you are if if someone out there is dealing with an ex who is really I don't know if you want to use the word disorder, challenging, high conflict, or number. I know like yeah. people like to throw the word narcissist around though. That 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 is. Yeah. No. That, that can be a thing. Sure. Um, how how would you i mean i know there's 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 co-parenting together there's there's parallel parenting can you talk a little bit about what you've seen um as a helpful mechanism to kind of survive this next phase yeah if you're dealing with somebody who's like high conflict you you know a have a really good attorney uh read everything you can on the internet one good resource and that i recommend to people is um womenslaw.org mm. you should totally check them out they have a, a legal helpline staffed by law students um they can I'll for any domestic violence i'm sorry i'll put the link on our podcast oh great okay yeah I, I don't have any affiliation with them i just yeah. i interviewed them once when i worked at the dc bar they're great um, but they have all the divorce laws in all 50 states up on their website. Um, they're a great resource. They're a great aggregate of where to find domestic violence help and child law. You know, just so if you're dealing with a high conflict person, just be armed. Like, what are the laws in my state? What do you know? Yeah. How do I navigate myself? What do I do? 
but you just have to go in there armed as the same parent you know mm-hmm. and yeah and the know too that it takes a lot to deny someone their parental rights you, mm-hmm. you know right yes yeah losing your losing your kid because you know i think we've we've, we've talked to moms who you know, oh my gosh, I forgot to pick up my kid from daycare one time. And is that going to, I mean, no, it's no, I, but it's, it's not. Re- the fear is real. The fear, no, the is, fear so is real. real. Yeah. And, and if you're dealing with a fuckwit, they're probably there going, I noticed that you forgot to pick Taylor up from right, right. daycare on time. And right. I am putting this in my notebook and this will exactly. go on a permanent record. And, yeah. you know, from the person who never picks their kid up or, you know, has, right. doesn't pay support or, I mean, whatever their litany of thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they are watching you and they're saying oh you missed a spot right yeah you've dealt with that and like i say it's gonna you have to not let them trigger you you have yeah. to be clear that you are the same parent here right you know and and let me go back to appreciation like anybody listening to this you're doing this job you're doing such important work you are so strong you are modeling great things to your kids you are going to be on the other side of this. This person is not powerful. They're pathetic. And that's why they have to try so hard to get at you because they're pathetic and they made terrible life choices and you're doing the important work and don't lose sight of it. Just yes. don't. Don't. And on the other side, it's amazing. Like, yeah, you'll find yourself through this shit storm and you will be better off and your kids will be better off. Mm-hmm. Your kids will be great. I mean, it's, you're going to have, you're going to have so many wonderful memories and joyful memories. And the other thing I, I would tell anybody who's going through the, the single parent trenches is that you are an intact family. Mm-hmm. You are minus yeah. a fuckwit, but you right. are an intact family. You are enough. You are a family. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody try to denigrate you that you're yeah. less than. It's a whole cultural narrative we have to shift but you are not less than if you were a single mother. Well, and that's true for any type of, I mean, I say this to my daughter all the time because she's never experienced an intact family, right? She's never had that Hallmark family. In fact, like when she was like three, she thought it was so weird that people were like still married to the other parent. She like thought that was, <laughs> she never seen yeah. that before. <laughs> right. But we talk about all the time, like people can have two dads or two moms mm-hmm. or right parents can be their grandparents or you know there's just a million different kinds of families and what matters is your bond with your kids like that's what matters so our last question we're getting close to the end which is usually our first question but we just got talking too quickly is do you drink coffee and what kind of coffee do you drink (laughs) do i drink yes i drink coffee i love coffee thank god uh, what kind of coffee do I drink? I don't really get a choice of coffee in my, I, I do if I'm outside the house, but my husband is the coffee czar and we have zones in our marriage, like who's in charge of what thing. Uh-huh. And he's in charge of the coffee pot because he cares very much about the coffee. Okay. And it, it has to be Starbucks French roast. Okay. And it has like to be French. really, really strong, like, mm-hmm. like float a horseshoe in it kind of. Yep. I, I like a good latte. I like a cappuccino. Yeah. I, I like, I like the fancy coffees. I admit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the but basic, hot. huh? Do you drink iced coffee? I like I'm iced still... coffee. Yeah. Do you like Finally, iced an iced coffee drinker? Yeah. I drink iced coffee all year round. I don't really even drink hot coffee. Really? And every well, other guest 
as like no hot coffee only. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm a very slow sipper of coffee. My coffee goes cold before I yeah. drink it, so I never finish a whole cup of coffee. So iced coffee makes a lot of sense because you can just kind of sip on it all day. Yeah, <laughs> Tracy, where can um our listeners? We'll put it in the show notes, but where can our listeners find you? Sure, I, I'm at chumplady.com. And I also have a podcast uh, with a, another single mom. I'm not a single mom anymore, but uh, my co-host Sarah Goral is a single mom of four who's yeah, uh, fuck what walked out on her when she had four kids between the ages of two and 12. And we, we talk about co-parenting a lot. And uh, our podcast is called Tell Me How You're Mighty. And yeah. the website is tellmehowyourmighty.com. So it's Chump Lady and Tell Me How You're Mighty is the podcast. Yes, we love your podcast too. Yeah, and you guys know the book, so yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. which you can find on the blog yeah, we'll so, thank you guys so much too. for having me thank you oh my gosh it's awesome. a pleasure thank you so thank you for joining us for our coffee date for grow work this week we decided to start thinking about new year's resolutions and i feel like there's like do you think that some people love them and some people hate them i don't know oh yeah Cause, cause I, I hate the term new year's resolution. Like I, I, I honestly, like I sound, I'm sound like such a, such a like grump, but I hate everything about new year's. I hate. I love new year. I don't love like staying up till midnight. Cause I'm too Yeah, old. I don't love staying up till midnight, <laughs> like going to parties and paying like $9 million for some like bad event. What I do love about new year's is all the year end countdown stuff. See, I, I like new year's. I was saying the idea of a fresh start. Like that's a, like, I'm a weird person. I like Monday mornings, right? Because it's a fresh start. I can get down with the fresh start idea. Like yeah. like that, that for me is, is different than a new year's resolution. Cause I feel like a new year's resolution is like, I'm going to lose weight. It feels, it feels so, um, picking apart the, the parts of your life that you're not happy right. about, but I do like a fresh start. Well, instead of calling a new year's resolution, let's say, yeah. what's your like fresh start thing and whatever that is. And it can be positive stuff. Like it's yeah. just, you know, you can say goodbye to last year, wipe the slate clean. I love looking at the future. Mm-hmm. I love, I love the the possibility and the excitement about that. I don't think we've talked about this before, but New Year's is like the biggest, like it's, it's boom season for, for divorce lawyers. Well, and um, I think a lot of people um, delay, like even if they have made the decision like both of them they wait till after the holidays to to let the kids know and stuff yep, so yep. this is a big time and yeah in a hard time like I don't want to like pretend that like oh new year's fresh start so easy um yeah, so sometimes the fresh start means going through something really hard but you know I think there's a lot of hope in that oh and my so God. um with that in mind talk a little bit about what what we were cooking up for our yeah so we want you to share your new year's resolutions with us we have it on our facebook page and we have a bunch of resources that i'll also add on our facebook page of how to make different goals and follow different things that will make you successful at them we're hoping that i mean for i know for me i like to just take all that hope and that excitement of a new year and and go from there this is exciting for me. I I can't wait to see what people come up with and what they mm-hmm. share. 
Um, yeah. I really, really do want to hear from people. And I, um, I want to encourage each other. I mean, that's yeah. part of the thing I love so much about our community is that it's yeah. not just complaining about your ex. It's about encouraging everybody and empowering each other to, to make these changes or to, you know, grow for yourself. And that's the best part. And that's a hundred percent why I do this. Talk, they'll talk a little bit about, because I do want to end on a hopeful note since I've been so grumpy. Talk a little bit about what you've witnessed over the last few years as leading a support group. And um... well, I would say, I mean, I say this often to anybody asking about my support group, but when I first started the support group, when we were, you know, in talks about it, I said, I do not want a group where we just go and complain. Like, it's just not something like it's, there's nothing you're giving from it. You're not, you're not getting from it. Not that I mind venting or complaining. And I think that there's definitely time and place for that. But what I absolutely love happens to be a woman. Cause in my support group, it's women. When a woman comes in and you can just, I can feel her pain and I can see how tired she is and how terrified she is. And as I watch her come to the group over probably a year, sometimes longer, I can see her get herself again, find herself mm-hmm. and the spark back and the empowered person that she becomes. I mean, the thing that's so hard about divorce is it's such a humongous change for your family, but it's also such a huge opportunity. And mm-hmm. that's something that I, you know, I've lost over 200 pounds since I got divorced. I have an MBA now. I would not have done that if I didn't get divorced. I own my own house. Would never have done that. None of these things. These are all bigger things. And then there's a million smaller things that I've worked so hard on. So I really hope that women can use their divorce as an opportunity to find themselves and to figure out what's important to them and and to conquer it, to kick ass. That's what my favorite part is. And that's why I'll run the support group forever as as long as they'll have me because it's so amazing to watch people overcome this. I hope we can inspire people through this podcast to find their own way as well and share their journey with us. Share share with us on our Facebook group. We're we're co-parenting and coffee on Facebook as well. And we look forward to seeing what you come up with. And we'll see you next year. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for Co-Parenting and Coffee. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice on any subject matter. If you liked our podcast, feel free to drop us a review. We'd appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you next time for a cup of coffee and a chat with another expert on co-parenting.